Episode 120, Owl Your Marriage Part 3, Bringing It All Together. Welcome to the First Year Married Podcast, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm marriage coach Kayla Levin, and I take newly married and engaged women from anxious and insecure to confident and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Hi, my friends. Okay, so excited to be back here for episode number three. We're really bringing it together. That's why it's called <laughs> Bringing It All Together. What we did in parts one and two, if you haven't listened, I really recommend you go back and listen to those first. But I do want to make sure you all know that on Sunday, I will be opening registration for the Fall Newlywed Mastermind only for the people on the wait list. It will open the next day on Monday for everybody else, for the general audience. So if you are wanting to get into that mastermind, we start right after Sukkot, but I'm doing registration now. I want people to go into Rosh Hashanah knowing that this is already settled. <laughs> They've already committed to working and focusing and diving into their marriage in this next year. So I'm actually doing registration before Rosh Hashanah, and then we will begin not the week after Sukkot, but the week following. And I'm so, so, so excited to get started with another group. Okay, now I want to just go back to one concept that I started with, which is that in Elul, again, this is a time where we're taking a lot of personal responsibility. There is such a thing as taking too much responsibility. There is such a thing as taking responsibility for what is really outside of your control for instance, if your husband has a temper and you try to contain that temper by behaving a certain way, that's not what I mean by taking responsibility. Okay. And I want to, I think it's important to say that because all of us are somewhere along that spectrum. All of us will sometimes have, we go into sort of a people pleasing mode, especially with our husband sometimes. And how that can turn out is acting as if we can behave in a way to make them happy. And although that sounds very nice, and I'm very all behind you always showing up as your best self or always working to show up as your best self in your marriage, ultimately we can't control how they feel. We can't control how anyone else feels. And so when we start to try and get in there, either I want him to not be angry or I want him to be calmer or I want him to be happier or less anxious or less stressed or depressed, I'm really taking responsibility for something that isn't mine to own. What's interesting is that when I've worked with people, when they step back from taking responsibility from his situation, his headspace, his feelings... They actually almost, it's like a totally different energy to take responsibility for their own. For instance, I see that his thought process seems really unhealthy to me. Like that's what I'm thinking. He's really unhealthy and he's making himself depressed and he's taking away all his own energy and you should really stop thinking that way. So I try to convince him to start listening to First Year Married. <laughs> I've heard that one from you. Or I start trying to convince him he should get a coach or he should read this really good book about personal development, right? Or I try and convince him that his thinking is wrong. And when I realize, wait a second, his thinking is his job. His anxiety is his job. What's my lane? My anxiety about his anxiety. Oh, how do I take responsibility for that? 
<laughs> that's not what we want to take responsibility for. It's so much easier to try and change him than to come back to ourselves. Okay, so that's one piece that I want to address, which is when we're looking at this, we're, t- we're looking at taking responsibility, we're looking at introspection, we don't want to judge the result based on how he feels. We want to be intuitive, we want to be compassionate, we want to be empathetic, we want to go with what we kind of know to be true. But at the end of the day, we do have to judge our own behavior based on our behavior, not on the reaction that we get. And I also just want to say this is the best preparation for parenthood that you could possibly have. Because whether you, you could do all the things and they could still say it's the worst vacation in the world. (laughs) Okay. You buy the fancy present and they play with the box. Okay. So if you can do this with your husband, you will have a skill for life. Really. All right. So number one is that taking responsibility. Number two, what I want to talk about, this is an important one. And again, this is one that comes up a lot is the feeling of, well, how come I'm doing all this work? You know, I tried printing out the workbook for both of us. (laughs) They didn't do it. Right. I hope none of you did that. I mean, if you did, I love you so much if you did that, but right. Like that energy of like, how come I'm doing all this work? How come I have to do all this? What about him? And I want you to know that you're not doing this work for him. He's fine. (laughs) He's totally fine. The work that you're doing doesn't make his life much better. I mean, they do stop being in so much trouble. I do find that, that often the husbands are like, whatever's going on in this, this coaching thing you're doing, I don't know why I'm off the hook all of a sudden, but all of a sudden these, all these things that were driving you crazy don't seem to bother you anymore. Is it true that maybe his life gets a bit better when you're cleaned up? Just like anytime you're around somebody who's in a really great place, that's got a great energy for you, right? But you're not doing the work so he can feel better. This ties in with point number one. You're really doing this work for yourself. Partly because you've probably been hanging on to some negative feelings that are just kind of like the rust that needs to be scraped off the bottom of the pot. Like it's just, let's just get rid of that. It's you've been dealing with the resentment or the frustration or the victimization like too long. Let's just move on. Okay. But not so that you get to be like happy butterflies, perfect feelings all the time. Because the other side of all that stuck emotion isn't comfort, it's growth. But I want you to know that growth is electrifying and wonderful and magical. And it's a very positive thing, even when it sometimes is quite uncomfortable. Speak from my own experience. Okay. So we're not doing this to try and always feel good. We're definitely not doing this so he can always feel good. And when your brain wants to go to that, like, oh, well, how come he's not doing the work? I just want you to catch it and just rein yourself back in. Be like, who said this was for him? I'm doing this for me. And if I'm thinking he needs to do the work, that's probably because I forgot about point number one. I probably forgot that I want him to do the work because now he's experiencing some emotions that I'm having trouble allowing him to experience. How do I get back into responsibility for my reaction, allow him to be who he is, allow him to have the experience he's supposed to have, because I'm not the one who's going to decide that, and manage myself over there. Okay, these are pretty high level concepts. These are the kinds of things that I work with people um, very personally on in the mastermind program. So if this is something that you're feeling like, okay, this is resonating, but it's a little out of reach, I really want to encourage you to get your name on that wait list. Okay, because this is something that is life changing when you really get on top of it and master it and you can. 
All right, so let's talk about where we're going with this, bringing it all together. Now that I have my caveats <laughs> leading in, don't take too much responsibility. Don't take responsibility for what's outside of your control, right? And number two, don't pretend you're doing this for some anyone other than yourself. How do we bring it together? Okay, so I want you to really look at or at least reflect on the workbook that you did last time, which was your dreaming. And what I really wanted you to focus on was dreaming about what's in your control, dreaming about how you want to show up, dreaming about how you want to feel. Yes, that's your control. Dreaming about what you want to believe about your marriage. Bringing it together is all about putting that into implementation. What we know from the Musser masters and, you know, Lahavdiel from personal development gurus in the last century is that the way to start is small, tiny habits. Okay. I take something big, like the example I give you in the workbook is let's say I just want to be so much more warm towards my husband. I feel like I'm kind of businessy with him. I'm kind of prickly sometimes. How can I get to be a more warm presence when I'm interacting with him? So I want you to break that down. Don't say like, well, I should always be smiling with him. I should always ask him about his day and I should really care about what's going on in his life all the time. I want you to break it down. Maybe it's when he walks in the door at the end of the day, I look him in the eye and smile. That's it. Or I put, a, put an alarm, I put a reminder on my phone to send him a text message at lunch every day and I put a cute emoji in that message to keep it warm. Okay, something so small, something so doable. So that's number one is you want to make it small. And even if the text message sounds like too much, do it every Sunday, do it every Monday. Like just choose one day of the week that you do it. Make it smaller until it's a no brainer. Of course I could do that. Not what you're already doing, right? There will need to be a little bit of a push, but it shouldn't be like, oh gosh, I actually don't know if I could stop my day and send a text message every day. Okay. So something really, really, it should be a no brainer. Even if it's a little bit of a push, it's something you could definitely do. Your ability is complete. You can have absolute ability to do that thing. Okay. This particular model that I'm explaining to you is written about in the book, Tiny Habits, not Atomic Habits, which is also very popular, but Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. So I'll link that in the show notes. So again, number one is you want your ability to be high. Okay, your motivation should be high at this point because you chose this based on how you want to be showing up, right? So you've got high motivation, high ability. It's not a hard thing for you to do. So that's going to make it much easier for you to do this, even when you're not feeling tons of motivation and inspiration. Okay, the second things that he then the second thing that he talks about, and again, this is also very much something I've seen in the world of Musser, and also what I've learned from parenting courses and parenting books that I've taken, which is. We grow from positivity. We don't grow from criticism. We don't grow from feeling bad. We grow from feeling really good. So what I love that BJ Fogg suggests is after you finish this tiny habit, so let's say it's looking your husband in the eye and smile, do something to make yourself feel good about it. Give yourself a little dopamine rush. And what I mean by that is literally clap your hands three times, <laughs> right? He might start wondering why you're clapping your hands when you smile at him. So maybe not that one, right? But, you know, go in the other room and like quietly pat yourself on the back. Literally put your arms up in the air. Do something to sort of give yourself that momentary celebration. You'll feel silly, but guess what? When you feel silly, you'll laugh. That's even better, right? So this is what I want you to really focus on in part three is to take these big ideas and then boil them down to something that is so doable, that is so simple, right? And that's actionable for you. 
page two of the workbook, I want you to look at your beliefs. So you're going to choose one of the beliefs, one of the things that you wanted to believe about your marriage. So let's say that you really want to believe that your marriage is strong. Right now you feel really nervous and anxious all the time and you want to believe that your marriage is strong. So I want you to write, you'll write down, my marriage is strong. That's my belief that I want to cultivate. And the next thing I ask you is if I could wave a magic wand and make that belief quote unquote true, like it came true, now your marriage is strong. Well, how would you know that you now have a strong marriage? What evidence would you see in your day? Right? I love act like ask this to my clients all the time. Like, let's say when you go to bed tonight, I sprinkle pixie dust. <laughs> I'm from Orlando, so there's a lot of Disney references in my coaching sometimes. Right? I sprinkle pixie dust, and when you wake up, it happened. You have a strong marriage. At what point in your morning would you notice that that's changed? Right? And more importantly, what would you be doing differently if now you've had this strong marriage? So really starting to just visualize, I want a strong marriage, but what does that even look like to me? The first part of the question, you'll probably see external things, just that's the nature of the question. If I sprinkle pixie dust, you don't know anything's changed. You'd have to see something externally, but it will also help you to see that your belief is mostly inside your head. The way we think about our marriage is mostly inside my head. Not that much would be different in my day if I knew I had a strong marriage and if I didn't, but you might be different. Right? You might be less reactive. You might be less worried throughout your day. So what would you be doing differently in that kind of a marriage? Like write out as much as you can. Write out as much, you know, visualize, get clear on like what would that look like if it was a strong marriage? This is so powerful for your brain to visualize what you want. Your brain, it's rehearsing it. You've heard before, I'm sure, about athletes that they get the same level of practice, not muscle practice, but muscle memory practice from imagining the move versus actually doing the move. It's huge. So practicing, visualizing, what would that actually look like if my marriage was strong? How would I be interacting? How would I talk to him? What, what would I be doing with myself if I wasn't worrying about it, you know, from 10 to 12 every day? What, where would that time be going? Give yourself that to chew on. Right. Instead of probably the question you've been asking, which is like, what's going wrong? <laughs> OK. And then the last thing is to think of which of those things can you start doing right now? Of all those things, just choose something that embodies that belief right now. Your marriage is, you know, we understand from family systems theory that it's like a mobile, like a mobile hanging over a baby's crib. Right. And if you've ever had that or seen that I had one that like the piece used to just always fall off like one of the little stuffed animals I think it was like a choking hazard thing they wanted to make sure whatever I don't know what it was but like was very easy for the little like stuffed animals to fall off there were four little stuffed animals and they rotated and when one of those stuffed animals fell off right the whole mobile shifted and there was the empty piece and then there was the three heavy pieces and all of a sudden they were so heavy right your marriage is like this we can't predict how everything's going to shift like we can with a mobile. But I know that if I shift even in the tiniest fraction of a way, it shifts the whole dynamic of the relationship. So don't let that inner perfectionist come in and say that you need to make some massive changes or have some really deep heart opening conversation. You might not. You might want to just look at what is the belief that I want to have about my marriage what would that look like? And which piece of that can I already start shifting into our system today? Okay, so definitely go look at the show notes or go to my website. You can go to firstyourmarried.com and you'll see where it says podcast. 
that's where you can see all the podcast episodes. And when you click into this episode, episode 120, you can get the link to this workbook. Okay, so definitely do this workbook. I gave you some of the questions, but I didn't give you all of them. So I want you to have all that to work through. I have had such a blast doing this with you, and I absolutely love getting all of the wonderful feedback. It's so exciting to hear how many of you are really actually printing this out. I mean, half the time, I don't even know how to get my printer to work. So I'm so impressed. You're printing it out. You're filling it out. You're taking the time. I love it. I'm so inspired to keep working with you all. And of course, for those of you who are in your first three years of marriage, this is the last mastermind this year. So you got to get in. I'm only having six women in and it will open only to the waitlist first. So make sure you're on that waitlist. I don't know how many spots will be filled just from the waitlist alone before it goes to the regular list. So firstyearmarried.com and you'll see where it says work with Kayla. I always say coaching, but it doesn't say coaching. It says work with Kayla. You click on that and you will get a chance to join the waitlist. Super, super easy. And then on Sunday, keep your eyes on your inbox for when that registration will open. I cannot wait to start working with you, to meet you, to teach you this material in depth. It's going to be such a blast. Okay. All right. Have an amazing week. I'll see you back here next week.